Good morning, Cassandra. How are you doing today? Morning. I'm good. I love your name. Thank you. It's just one of those. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's one of those names where I was sitting around one day going, "What what can I do in radio that people might remember?" And then, of all things, it became a such a nightmare to radio station program directors because people were putting Earl and Errol and Harold on the Arbitron. It was like, oh no! So, so they wanted <laughs> oh my God. they wanted me to change it. And I said, no, not going to happen. I'm I'm already him. Good for you. That's awesome. And you know what? You didn't get that from me and my arrow, that Harry Nilsson song, did you? All the time. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Yeah. And, like and, I get Elvira from that Oak Ridge voice. Exactly. And I'll never forget, I was having a conversation with Frank Zappa's son, and he goes, he says, where did you get that name Arrow? And I said, why? And he says, because my son's name is Arrow. And I said, how? How is this what? possible? Which, and and he which, goes... Uh, which, which son was it? Dweezil? No, the the other one. I'm trying, I'm trying to remember his name. The... Uh, um. Not, oh God! Now I'm blanking. Uh, the bald, the, the bald one. Amit. 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 That's it. That's it. That's no, it. Amit. Amit. And and he told me it was oh, because okay. uh, he, they were in Frank's studio and they they brought in a bed and it was an arrow bed and that's where their son was created. And I went, okay, I'm going with it. <laughs> oh wow! Okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> hey, I got to congratulate uh, hopefully you. Hopefully God wasn't there then. Yeah, right? <laughs> I got to congratulate you on, on the monsters. I loved it. I really embraced it. I, oh, I waited you. forever for this movie to happen, and when it was, it was, it was such a great payoff for me. Oh, thank you. I had such a blast shooting it, you know, because I've known Rob um, Zombie and Sherry Moon for a million years. I went to their wedding, and um, but we never got to really hang out that much and and do something creative together. So we went to Hungary. We shot it in Budapest. It was such a fantastic shoot. I had a great time. You know, I think the fans are a little shocked with the movie there. You know, you hear Rob Zombie and you think guts and blood and cursing, you know, but there's not like that in this movie. It's a strictly G-rated movie, just like the original Monsters. Yeah, yeah. And what what I loved about it was it didn't have an evil clown in it. That that I got to laugh. And and, and there were many times <laughs> that I felt like that I was seeing Fred McGuinn and all that kind of stuff. It's like, oh my God, he's he's got his accent down. Yeah, I know. He really. I love the actor that played played um, Fred uh, played the dad. You know, yeah. um, Herman. Because he was just, he really, really had it down. He had his own take on it. But just for people who haven't seen it, it's a prequel to the Munsters. Yes. It's before they were married. And it's them uh, dating and meeting each other. And so it's a really, really <laughs> awesome take on uh, on the Munsters, you know, that, that you never got to see. Being on that set, I mean, that that right there in itself is going to have to be in the next chapter of, of your book. Because, I mean, you you were you were in that moment because Rob built that set. Yes. Oh, my God. The Munster's house was so amazing. I mean, he built the entire neighborhood that we drive through that he had built and the house. And the house is exactly like the TV show version. Um, but I think, you know, I think especially kids are going to love this movie. If you if you have kids, this is a completely kid friendly movie. And um, it's nice to turn your kids on to a show that you grew up watching, you know, um, it's really nostalgic. And I, I think families are going to really enjoy watching this with their kids, with their kids. There's nothing really spooky in it at all. Really? Right. 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 No, no, it was very safe. That's and that. And it, it's filled with laughter. And, it, and you know, and you know what? It's also about budding love the way that, you know, that they, you know, learning to get get along and stuff like that, which which is something that we all go through. Yeah. Yeah. No, absolutely. It's nice to kind of see a little bit more humanity be, be you know, 
um, behind Lillian Herman, you know, that you never got to really see with the TV show. Yep, yep. Your book, Yours Cruelly, to, to have the confidence and the courage to talk about the journey, the stories, the moments. I mean, it's almost like you're letting us behind the curtain to say, hey, look, this is me. This is what happened. Yep, I, I really thought about how much of you know, everything to put in the book, and I finally decided, oh, what the hell, I'd put everything in. Um, yeah, I always have told people, and people have always told me, that my life before Elvira was so incredibly weird <laughs> and interesting that I had to write a book. And it's true, I always say to people, before it was Elvira, my life was really exciting. Then I got to be Elvira, everything calmed down, um, so you can see how exciting it was by that comparison right mm -hmm. um but but yeah i just want to let people know um you know everything about me where i came from where i started and also hopefully people connect with it in that you know i started as a kansas farm girl and made my way up to hollywood and to um kind of coming up with this character and i i hopefully it's a little inspirational for people too you know not just uh, fun and laughs and interesting, but a, a little inspirational is what I'm hoping. Well, we all have a character inside of us, and what I've always been inspired by you is is the fact that you become Elvira. And and the the one time, one thing I would love to experience one time is it would be what is it like when you come off that stage? Because I mean, to become Arrow is one thing on the radio, but Arrow he he talks baby talk to his dogs. People don't know that. <laughs> yeah, it's weird. Um, I have a very separate life from Elvira, and I don't think I'm that much like Elvira. I did, however, kind of realize a couple of years ago, though, that Elvira is, her personality is my personality when I was a teenager. Oh, yeah. I was a loudmouth, know-it-all, didn't take any crap, and I think Elvira really embodies me as a teenager, so uh, it's kind of weird. I don't know what a psychiatrist would make out of this whole <laughs> thing, but... Uh, it's worked for me anyway. Now, at the at the age of seventeen, you were in Las Vegas. Is is that where your eyes and your heart began to feel like, wow, showmanship? I want to participate with showmanship. Actually, it was a long time before. I think it was uh, when I was about uh, three or four years old, and my parents would put me up on tabletops at restaurants, which we hardly ever went to restaurants, but when we did, they put me up there. And have me sing and dance. I would sing, how much is that doggy in the window? <laughs> and people would throw coins. <laughs> and I was like, this is an awesome way to make money. You know? Uh, I don't know. I w From a very, very early age, I was into being the center of attention and performing <laughs> for everybody. So, you know, I went from, from there to being a go-go dancer when I was 14. And I go-go danced um, all around the country, around the mostly Midwest. Till I was 17, and then I got this uh, idea in my head after I saw Viva Las Vegas with yes. Elvis Presley and Margaret. Got this idea to go to Vegas to be a showgirl, and um, that's where I wound up with. So I was always, always, always wanting to be in some form of show business. I just didn't know what. Well, yeah, yeah, because in, in the entertainment business, you've got to give in to something that you may not have, you know, planned for, but it's like, okay, I'll do it. I'll do it for a little bit. And then all of a sudden it begins to grow because look at Elvira. I mean, did you ever think yeah. that we would still be doing it? God, no. I mean, I thought when, when I first did the TV show, which was on a local station in Hollywood, California, I thought this is the weirdest thing. I'm being funny. I'm wearing this 
dark, sexy, spooky outfit. The funny doesn't go with the spooky. I don't get it. I hope this show lasts more than a week so I can get my little $350 check and go home. If, you know, when you're an actor, you're really lucky to get a show that lasts more than, you know, one episode. So, um, yeah, the fact that I'm still doing it 41 years later is pretty freaking amazing. Wow. You talked about uh, Viva Las Vegas with Elvis Presley. Not everybody got, a, you yeah. know, had the opportunity to have a late night conversation with Elvis. What when when he took off his Elvisism, what was it like to have a conversation? I've got to say, uh, he was the kindest, sweetest, nicest, most interesting person. I mean, he was just telling me everything about the world. Then then he got into numerology and and really? um uh, power of subconscious mind and I mean all of these things I just sat there with my mouth hanging open listening to everything he was saying and he couldn't have been sweeter and very caring and um, I have since of course over the years met so many more people who met Elvis and had encounters with him and they will all tell you the same thing mm. that he was so kind and sweet and caring um I think if you've seen the Elvis movie, I was yes. really kind of happy that they explained how he kind of spiraled into, uh, you know, being becoming overweight, not caring about his music. And it's easy to see how that happened when you when you see the film. I was so glad. I loved the film. I thought they did an amazing job just showing that it wasn't Elvis. He wasn't, you know, fat and on drugs and fell off the toilet. That's right. what everybody always talks about. He was manipulated. He was all the creativity was sucked out of him, you know, and he was uh, I just don't think he cared anymore. I mean, he just gave up because he was so squashed by the colonel and and other people who were kind of sycophants, you know, around him. Wow. So um, I, I don't know. That's OK. That's a long story. Wow. Sorry. <laughs> Yeah, but you know what, though? You, 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 it brings us to the, the, the most powerful, one of the most powerful scenes I've ever seen in a movie was when Elvis was singing and the curtains closed and he looks over yeah. to the side. And, and it, to me, it was like, that's the human Elvis. Oh, my God. I yeah. never thought yeah. about how exhausted he was. Yeah, just just burnt out. Just, you know, I mean, and it's, I, I mean, I cried. I yep. cried my eyes out yeah. at that last scene. Just, just, oh, just heart wrenching. Um. But so many celebrities. I mean, we think about people, Michael Jackson, Prince, going back to Judy Garland. I mean, you could list a million celebrities that were kind of manipulated and used just as like the goose who laid the golden egg, you know, until they were just used up and dried out and they died, you know. So do you so many, so many celebrities that way. Do you believe in haunted homes, haunted things, things that are kind of scary on the edge? Or is that just a character? Oh, no, I believe in haunted things. Mm -hmm. I had a very, very heavy experience with that. And I'd never had it when I was younger. I never had it since. But we moved into a house in uh, Hollywood called Briarcliff Manor. Mm. And there were weird things happening all the time. Apparitions. I mean, doors opening and closing. Noises. Shadows appearing like at the bottom of my pool. It was an old 1901 craftsman house. And um, that I ended up selling to Brad Pitt. And believe it or not, all the haunted stuff was was like, I, he loved it. He was like, oh, my God, a haunted house. He, he was thrilled. So there wouldn't have been a lot of buyers for, for my house, you know, but he happened to be into it. Um, but, yeah, yeah, nonstop, creepy, spooky things happened in the five years I lived in that house. Um, 
I had to get out finally. It just was overwhelming. Wow. Yeah, I, I get into stuff like that. It's like uh, I, I sat in the closet where my wife's mother was murdered, and I because I wanted to feel ah! her spirit. I wanted to I wanted to carry it forward. I ah! want you know, and it's but I get into that. I'm not afraid of it. God, yeah, no, I, I, I became I kind of eventually embraced it. And that's when um, I, I also brought in an exorcist, yeah. a Catholic priest, did an exorcism, and a, a Native American shaman who cleansed the house. And after they did that, I felt really good about the spirits that were there. They, there had been five um, violent deaths in that house mm. since 1901. And I really feel that that kind of let them be free, let them be loose and go where they were supposed to go instead of having their spirit just stuck in the house, wondering why other people were there invading their territory. Have you seen that new uh, binge watch on, on Netflix called The Watcher? Because there was a lot of murders in that house as well. My God, it's like you just described that whole oh. entire binge watch. Wow, no. Well, now I have to see it. I've seen ads for The Watcher. I didn't know what it was about. Oh, my God. It, awesome. you, you're going to watch all eight episodes. You, you might as well just plan for it for the day. You're not going to hang it up. Yeah, okay. I'm, <laughs> I'm going to go do it. I'm also, I got to watch that new mo the new uh, series, Dahmer. Yes. Really oh, my good. God. Really I, I was with Michael Leonard last week, and, and she, she won't watch it even because oh, wow. it's so scary. Oh, yeah, I know. I'm, I, I want to see it, and the other part of me is like, ew, I don't know. But I've got to see it, I think. It's just uh, too many people are talking about how great it is. Yeah, wow. All right, what's up next for you? Okay, we're talking about the book, Yours Cruelly, but uh, you you cannot turn off your creativity. Ain't going to happen. You're always doing something. You are right. Um, I just signed another book deal. Really? I don't know. If, I, it's not going to be about my life. I, it's a whole different take on something, but just signed the deal again for a book. And um, also, I'm out there working on uh, getting a documentary and or a um, six-part live uh, series about uh, based on my book, oh my, God. Um, my life. So that's a project I really, really have always wanted to do. And I kind of will use the book as the blueprint for those. So that's what I'm working on next. Wow. See, and, and I'd, I would love to see that six-part series because we didn't even talk about Frank Sinatra. We didn't talk about Paul Rubens and Paul and Phil Hartman. People have got to get this book, and they've got to experience what you did. And, oh, my God, I, I hope it becomes a series. Thank you. Yeah, people are people have been saying I'm like the uh, female Forrest Gump, yeah. uh, and that, that's kind of true, <laughs> except for the box of chocolates part. Yeah, that's right. But, um, <laughs> I wish I had a box of chocolates right now, to tell you the truth. But... Um, Anyway, yeah, it is pretty interesting, all the people that I came across in my life and my career before it was Elvira. So I think people will get a kick out of uh, a lot of the stuff that's in there. Absolutely. Please come back to the show anytime in the future, Cassandra. The door is always going to be open for you. I will. Thanks, Zero. This was fun. You be brilliant today, okay? Yeah, you too, and happy Halloween. Same to you.